Good morning, good morning, good to see everyone. What a beautiful day the Lord has given to us out there. I like these days. I like that crisp coolness in the morning, sunshine, the afternoon warm-up. I don't like what's coming next. I know, I'm not a big fan of that, but, but uh, we'll take snow, we'll take snow, gladly. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all the way through, that's a great time, and then I want spring, but it doesn't always work that way. So uh, anyway, good to have you, welcome, let's see what we have in the way of announcements for you. If you're joining us for the first time, if you haven't stopped by the, uh, the uh, booth out here in the front, the Welcome Center, uh, we have a gift for you, we'd love to share that with you and get to know uh, you a little bit. If you're joining us for the first time online, sbtindy.org slash connect. Let us know you're out there. It's always an encouragement for us to, uh, to know that you're out there listening and watching. We appreciate it. And uh, then our morning schedule changed last week, and so this is our second weekend. I think folks have, folks have gotten it for the most part. Uh, the refuge class has already had Sunday school. If you're in that class, you missed it. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, the, uh, is that right? Yep, it is. And then the uh, teens have already had Sunday school. That's why some of them are over here already. Uh, we switched to kids' Sunday school and junior church, flip-flopped that around, so we've already got that taken care of. So just to remind you that we have a new schedule we're trying out. And uh, then our institute, uh, tomorrow is maintenance workers. So if you're interested in uh, volunteering to do maintenance work, right now, we don't have a maintenance person. So things that get done get done because people volunteer. Uh, or because the pastoral staff does it. For the most part, you do not want pastoral staff doing maintenance. Uh, not that we're lazy about it, it's just that we're just not good at it, you know. Uh, I'm speaking for myself anyway. Uh, Pastor Andrew can probably pull it up, but he doesn't want to do it. But anyway, uh, we could uh, use some help there if you're interested in that. Come tomorrow at 7 o'clock and we'll uh, work that through. And then uh, shut-in visitation Thursday, October 20th at 9.30 in the morning. Uh, see Miss Glenda. If you can't make it that time, but we'll still want to make a visit, you can see Miss Glenda, and she'll help you out there in getting things going uh, for shut-in visitation. Trunk or treats coming up. Uh, we have about 45 kids you'll need to plan on having snacks for and treats for. They'll appreciate it. So what we do is we gather around our trunks out there on Wednesday night, and then the kids come through and, and trunk or treat us, and we give them treats from our trunk. Uh, if you want to decorate your trunk, you can have be in place for a first, second, or third place trophy or medal, and uh, they, but you need to see J.D. and Joey by next Sunday to let them know that you're going to participate to make sure that they have uh, enough things for everybody, uh, and then that's on the 26th of October. And then the missionaries of the week are Josh and Annie Moore. Josh and Annie have now come back to the States. They have been in Ireland for seven years now, finally taking a furlough and coming back to the United States. Great missionaries, got a great work going there in Ireland. Uh, their prayer requests are, first, that you would pray for the, their church. Uh, they've left their church in good hands and God's blessing and continuing to uh, work there. So uh, pray for the new church plant that they have there in Ireland. And then pray for them as they're here uh, doing travels around the uh, states, visiting family and also churches uh, as they have their time of furlough together. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to bless our time together. Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity to be here. For the beautiful day you've given to us, we pray that uh, the sunshine would warm our hearts toward you, that uh, the singing, the preaching would uh, turn our hearts and minds to you, that we would know that it's been good to be in your house, that you would bless every aspect of our service. We'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. That will be one glorious day when we see Jesus, his return. We're going to kind of take that chorus, that theme of the chorus, and sing about that this morning. It kind of walks through what Christ did and what he has done for us. So the chorus starts off with, Living He Loved Me. And so the first song is going to be about that. So if you wouldn't mind, please stand if you're able to and like to, and let's sing together. It's just like his great love. A friend I have called me Chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape, if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man, that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man, that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownedest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. May the Lord sanctify us through his word. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, David. Continue singing on that theme of the chorus of the one day. It said, living he loved me. We just sang about that. Dying he saved me. Through his death we can have salvation. Let's sing together, Saved by the Blood. Saved by the blood of the crucified one. Now rest the promise and a new word begun. Sing praise to the Lord. 
channel near to the heart of God. Near to the heart of God, take your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. Uh, we appreciate your prayers during uh, our trip away. If you didn't know if we were gone, then hey, it doesn't matter. We were gone. We're back. And uh, went to Pennsylvania. We, it's going through Pennsylvania this time of year is like driving through Brown County for about three hours. It was gorgeous. I'm this, it, was, it was like perfect. On the way back, it was early in the morning, so the the fog is still over the mountains, and you got the color and disappearing into the uh, into the fog, and it was just it was just beautiful. Uh, me and Josh said to say hello. Uh, they miss everybody, but uh, they're having a great time out there. They're a great location. We got to go to Hershey, so if I smell like chocolate, then you'll know why. But uh, it was a great. Uh, it was that was just a lot of fun and just different things. Just a lot of fun out there. So. Appreciate your prayers. Mel's dad is doing somewhat better. He uh, got up and walked on Friday and Saturday, walked across the room and back, and uh, sitting at a table eating his dinner. And so we're hoping and anticipating he'll get to come home uh, fairly soon, so pray for him. Joyce uh, Newton, you may have gotten a prayer chain request around about her, but she had, uh, they don't know, a fall or a stroke or aneurysm, but uh, she is uh, in the hospital and and. She still has a brain bleed. They're waiting. They think that it might cure itself without surgery, so they're kind of anticipating to see what's happening right now. Her, if you go to see her, you're welcome to do so. She's at St. Francis, but um, she's she's not with us. I mean, she's alert. She'll talk, but she's not talking about anything that makes sense. So uh, just pray for her. You know, she see that the Lord would uh, bring her back out of that. We'd appreciate your prayers on that. Okay, so here we are in Second Corinthians chapter uh, 1. Let's talk about comfort for a moment. When you think about comfort, so uh, we got and we rented a car. We always rent cars whenever we go on trips because we don't trust our cars to go on those long trips anyway. So uh, we rented a car, and uh, we, we, when I got there, we were supposed to rent a van because we were going to take some of me and Josh's stuff out to them, and then once we're there, then they can travel around with us. And they didn't have our van. Our van wasn't there. So they gave us a Volkswagen Atlas. I don't know if you know where of the Atlas. So it's a big SUV. Uh, that is a nice vehicle. Let me tell you, if you uh, are looking for a vehicle and you can afford one of those and you don't mind 23 miles a gallon, uh, then uh, you did get us 23 miles a gallon on average for the trip, so that wasn't too bad. But, uh, uh, you know, it's not what we're used to. We're used to more like 29, 30. But anyway, that's the idea. It was a great, it was a comfortable ride. Let me tell you, there was great comfort in that. And it's also very comfortable because when you're 
you know, when you're uh, coming up on, on traffic or whatever, you're in a pretty big vehicle. It's like people move out of your way. That's kind of nice, right? It's, it's, so there's a lot of comfort in that. I, I was thinking about this concept of being comfortable, and, and uh, one of the big things that we have is comfort food. You ever have comfort food? So what the idea of comfort food is that when I feel uncomfortable, then I gravitate toward comfort food because it helps me to feel more comfortable, right? Usually comfort food is not healthy food. I mean, I've never heard anybody say, oh, that kale just makes me feel so good. Uh, you know, I, I've never really heard, heard that. You know, it's, but here's what I've found. This is just my opinion. You can tell me if you disagree, but uh, I think you'll probably agree. The reason we call it comfort food really has little to do with the taste of the food as with who it reminds us of. It's attached to a person usually, right? So it's like, this reminds me of mom's cooking. Oh, man, or grandma's cooking. And that's, that becomes our comfort food. Now, in my house, my mom's cooking. My mom's an incredible cook. My mom's with the Lord right now. She was an incredible cook. But we didn't eat anything healthy. I mean, there was a, you know, there was a reason why it's called good food, because it tasted really good. Now, you know, my mom's idea was, how do you make it taste better? Bacon makes everything taste better. We grew up in that time where, you know, you left that thing on the stove. You guys remember that thing that sat on the stove? And you took, when you made bacon, which was virtually every morning for breakfast, and then you poured off the bacon fat into that thing on the stove. And then the rest of the day, as you were cooking, it didn't really matter what, everything tastes better with bacon. So you'd take a little bit of that bacon fat, and you'd pour it in just about everything, right? You know, just, so you're just kind of pouring it in there, pouring it in. It makes for great beans. It makes for great potatoes. It makes for great, just fill in the blank. It just always makes everything better. That's my idea of comfort food. When I think of comfort food, I'm thinking, you know, green beans with bacon fat, mashed potatoes, noodles, and corn. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, nothing good, you know, nothing healthy good. But, oh, that's comfort food. And, you know, that's, that's what we think through when we have, com- we have comfortable clothes, right? Didn't we like COVID? One of the reasons we like COVID so much is because we, ne- we never had to get out of our uncomfortable, or into our uncomfortable clothes. Right? We got up put on our comfortable clothes, and then sat in front of the TV in our comfortable clothes, which we would never seen, be seen in public for the most part, or our, our wife wouldn't let us be seen in public with them, but they're comfortable. We like those. They make us feel good. And uh, so I want to talk to you about this concept of comfort today. And so let me ask you some more questions before we get into this passage of Scripture. What makes us need comfort? You know, I... Uh, I just thought about this in the first service, so it wasn't anything that was planned, but I brought it up in the first service. For years, I have, without apology, shamed us into the idea that there's no seat that is tied to you, right? We don't sell tickets, and there's no numbered seats. You don't walk in, find your aisle, find your seat. That's my seat. You need to move. We don't have seats that are tied to us. Having said that, I understand this concept of comfort. For some people, just coming out in public is a big deal. I mean, not because of COVID, before COVID. Some people just, the idea of walking into a room full of people makes them more than uncomfortable. And so they look for ways of having comfort. And it's one of those things is, this is my seat. I feel very comfortable here. And uh, so there's comfort tied to that place, right? Uh, we, We have places that, that are tied to comfort, like in my family. Uh, I always relate everything back to my family because that's the way I was grown up, raised. But when my family was going to go to visit my grandmother, here's what we would always say. We're going down home. We're going down home. I don't know if my grandmother's was up or down or sideways. I don't know where it was, but we would call it down home. We're going down home. And that was just, you know why? Because home, there's something about home. Like, wow, that's a comfortable place. And so sometimes it's just that anxiety of coming into a crowd that makes us uncomfortable. Sometimes it's fear of the unknown, uh, things like that that, that create uh, circumstances where we need comfort. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, just whatever. We're going to look at some things this morning that cause us to need comfort. So let's take a look at this passage real quickly. Uh, starting verse 2, it says, Grace be unto you. And peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of mercies, and look what it says, the God of all comfort. Father, help us today to find comfort in your presence. 
to find comfort in you. God, as we are in need of comfort, that you would uh, show yourself strong, that we would be uh, drawn to you through this service, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He is the God of all comfort. You know, one of the reasons that we, we do things as a church, uh, we try to be friendly, right? We try to smile at people. That's always, doesn't that make you feel more comfortable when people are smiling than when you walk in? Would you, well, I don't know how, how you respond. I mean, how do you respond if you walk into a church and there's not, nobody's talking, nobody's smiling? I mean, I think what I would do is walk back out. I don't know. I, that's just me. I don't know. We smile because it helps people feel comfortable. We shake hands. We, around here, we give hugs if you come around too often. And, and uh, you know, we, we do all this to try to encourage you, to try to make you feel comfortable. Well, God wants to step into our lives and give us comfort. God knows that there are circumstances in our lives sometimes that cause us to be uncomfortable. But more than uncomfortable, it causes us to need comfort. And God says, I want to show you that I am the God of all comfort. And God, this, this is what God wants to do for us as we kind of go through this message. Let's take a look at the, verse 4. Who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. There's a lot of comfort in that verse. And, uh, so he's, but there's a couple of things he points out here. He uses the word tribulation and he uses the word trouble. Now, you may or may not know this, but in, in the Greek, that's the same word, okay? It, it, it's translated tribulation and trouble, and there's other ways that it can be translated in the Greek. I love the word because uh, it's kind of just a fun word to say. It's T-H-L, flipsis. Sound like I'm talking with a lisp. Flipsis. So it's flipsis. Here's what it means, though, as we add to this concept of what does tribulation and trouble mean. It means Pressure, anguish, That's, those are the words that would come to mind, pressure. So I don't, know, I don't know where you're at in life, I don't know, but maybe you're at a place where you're feeling the pressure, right? Life has kind of put you into a pressure statement or a pressure cooker here, and you're feeling the pressure of life. Melody and I are kind of going through that right now with her mom and dad, right? We're, we're feeling the pressure. We've got to figure out what to do uh, in order to keep things working smoothly. And quite honestly, part of the pressure is that we don't know what to do. I'm just being honest. We don't know what to do. We don't know what the next step is. Uh, Dad's 92 right now. He's in rehab. And he's probably going to get out of rehab. When he gets out of rehab, can he function the way he was? Because if he cannot, then probably it's a 24-7 situation. That's going to Following us, that's gonna. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna figure this out, right? And you know, I know we all know. Okay, so we know that there's places out there you can put that and make it convenient. But that's that's just another pressure for us. You have to understand that's not the way we were raised, and it's not the way we look at it. So those are last resort concepts for us. So that just adds to the pressure of putting that kind of thing in the mix. So we're just trying to figure this out, right? So here we are. We're under pressure. Do you ever feel like that life is just Putting, putting you in pressure? Well, God says, I want to step into your life and I want to give you some, some comfort right now. I want to, would you step up to my table, God says, and here, eat some comfort food. Right now, this time of year, you know what really good comfort food is? Like a bowl of chili. This is chili weather, isn't it? I'm not talking about this chilly weather outside. I'm talking about a good old bowl of chili. That just, doesn't that sound good? I'm making everybody hungry. Oh, it's like, it's like the perfect time for soup and chili and that kind of thing. This warms you up from the inside out. God says, hey, step up to my table, John, Melody. I know life's putting some pressure on you. But step up to my table and let me feed you something. And it just brings with it. It's like, it's like sitting down at mom's table. And all the stuff that uh, comes from eating at mom's table. Wow. It's just comfortable. What a wonderful place to be. There is a place of quiet rest. Near to the heart of God. We just heard play, right? A place where sin does not molest, near to the heart of God. Oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer. That's what God wants to do. So he says, whether it's this pressure, I don't know. The next word that could have been translated is anguish. Anguish is an unusual word. Anguish is this concept of, of um, saying, okay, this problem is a big problem, and it's such a problem that I don't see an end to it. 
I don't have, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. It's anguish. It's, it's like taking away our hope. It's like, what is the end result here? Now listen, uh, this is an amazing thing. There is, there's always going to be a way out of these things, and, and God's going to show us that. But, you know, sometimes those ways out are difficult. I mean, honestly, and I'm, I'm just, you know, Mel's mom and dad don't have, you know, the internet, so uh, it doesn't really matter what I'm saying about them, and you're welcome to tell them. It doesn't really matter. Uh, they know the situation that they're in. So yeah, here's the reality. The way out for, for, mom and, for mom and dad is the Lord needs to come back today, right? Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus, or the Lord takes them home. But the circumstance isn't going to, I mean, it's not like, it's not like we're going to go back to them being 50. You know, that's not going to happen. They are where they are. And so it it becomes a a challenge. And so sometimes that's the way the problems are in life. The the problems of life are like, I don't see a way out, God. I I don't know what I'm going to do, but God, if ever I needed some comfort, it is right now because the circumstances I'm in seems to have no end the circumstance I'm in seems to have no way out. I'm stuck. Lord, I need your comfort. And God says, hey, John, come on over here. Sit down. Find this place, that spot, that seat that just, you know, everybody has one of those seats in your house, right? That's your chair. Everybody knows it's your chair. Everybody in your family knows it's your chair. Visitors may not know, but they know immediately because you, know, you walk in the living room, you like, you pause. And they realize, oops, I must be in his chair. <laughs> and what are they going to do at that point, right? It gets a little awkward. It's like, but you know why? Because it's just a comfortable place. I've been sitting there long enough that it's kind of molded itself to my body. And there it is. It's comfortable. God says, John, come over here have a seat. I want to comfort you for a little while. I know that life is putting pressure on you. And I know that sometimes it's hard to look at it and... and and see no hope of this coming to an, a resolution. But God says, I want to comfort you. I'm the God of all comfort. And it, goes, it gets better than that as we keep going through. But let's keep walking ourselves through this passage. Look at verse 5. It says, he adds another word here. It says, for as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds in Christ. So he uses this word sufferings. This word sufferings. And it, this word sufferings carries with it this meaning. It's, it's hardship, pain that involves emotion. It's the idea that not only am I going through a hardship, but it's just leaving me as an emotional wreck. I mean, you know, you're like, Pastor, you better be careful with me today. You know, if you poke me the wrong way, I might hit you. You know, it's that kind of thing. I'm, you know, we're like, we're just in, the, in this pressure cooker and it's bringing an emotional burden to our hearts. That's what this word sufferings means. It, it's, it's, it's carrying with it that kind of pain. And maybe that's the, the circumstance that you're in right now. I don't really know what circumstances you might be going through, but I want to talk to you about the God of all comfort. The God who says, it doesn't matter whether it's tribulation. It doesn't matter whether it is trouble. It doesn't matter whether it's suffering. Whatever you're going through, I'm the God of all comfort. I want to step into your life, and I want to comfort you right where you are. I want to to help this, this uh, problem to uh, do its job the right way. And, and I'll explain that in just a moment. So here's, here's kind of a, an interesting thing. Because uh, a lot of times for us, comfort involves people, right? I have been finding out, I am not, I am not a loner. When God says, is it not good that man should be alone? He was looking at me. Uh, that's not, I, I, I'm not a loner. So, but in the circumstance that we're in, Melody has been spending time, you know, at her mom and dad's. And so if I want to get sleep, which like on a Saturday night coming into a Sunday, I really need, my best bet is to come home and stay here. Melody stays over there, which isn't fun. But it's really not fun. I just don't like being alone. I'm not scared. Don't misunderstand. I don't, I, I, I'm, I don't get creeped out by things like that. I am... I, I literally can be here at midnight in this building with a casket right here, turn out the lights, and, and I, I, that, 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 that doesn't scare me. I just don't like being alone. I, I'm, I don't know if you've ever noticed, I'm kind of a social person. I, I like being around people. And so I go into the house, and I'm, I'm, I don't even know what to do. 
I'm a, Melody's not there. My kids aren't there. You can only watch television so long, you know, until it's like, ah, I'm going to go, I'm getting brain dead here. It's like, no, this isn't good. And so I don't like that. And God says, John, here, let me show you something. Come over here. My presence. You've never been alone, John. It's an amazing thing. Remember when you were a little kid and the shadows on the wall were looked like weird things and you were hearing noises and then all of a sudden dad comes in. Here's what's amazing. This is the amazing part. The shadows are still on the wall. The noises are still going. But guess what? I'm no longer afraid. It's, it's, that's what comfort does. And God says, in the midst of all your trouble, John, in the midst of all your, all your uh, tribulation, in the midst of all your suffering, I want to come in and I want to comfort you. And he goes on to say some things that are amazing. He says, as the sufferings of Christ abound in us. In other words, he's saying, we have a Savior who knows what it's like to be human and he knows what it's like to go through the problems that you're going through. And he has had emotional ups and downs and he has gone through pain and anguish and he knows what it means to be human. And just as surely as the sufferings of Christ abound, let's look at the last part of the verse. So our consolation, that means comfort. So our comfort also aboundeth by Christ. Here's what he's saying. The more suffering we do, the more comfort God gives. So it's not like we have a limited amount of comfort and then our sufferings overtake us. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Because the more we suffer, the more comfort comes with it. Because just as surely as we are suffering like Christ, we are also consoled by Christ. It's a, it's, it's a correlation. So while the pressures come on and while the anguish is settling in, the God of all comfort comes in and he equals it out at least. I believe you're even going to find that he betters it so that it's not just suffering, uh, it's not just an equal balance of our suffering, but he gives more comfort adds more comfort than what we even uh, needed. But go on to verse 6. Let me show you another thing. He adds another word. And whether we be afflicted. And this word afflicted carries with it this concept. It is to crowd or to pile on. In other words, I've got, I've got, Pastor John, I've got this problem. Now I've got this problem. Now I've got this problem. Now I've got this problem. And they just keep adding up and they just keep adding up. And I've got more and more problems. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm afflicted. It's a pile on of problems, of stresses, of pressure. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. And God says, in the middle of your affliction, I want to show myself to be the God of all comfort. And as the afflictions, as the suffering keeps piling on, His consolation keeps coming in and keeps coming in. And so we see the shadows on the wall and then our Savior walks into the room. And the shadows are still there. But there's comfort. The problems are still there. The noises are still happening. But the fear has gone away. That's what God wants to do. He says, let me show myself to you as the God of all comfort. But he goes on in this passage to show us the why. And the why is a little bit, uh, a little bit harder, but it says... It is for your consolation and salvation. This concept of salvation, listen, I got saved. We get saved and we're saved, right? I got saved when I was 16. But since I was 16, I've been, the Bible puts it this way, working out my own salvation or letting what God did on the inside work itself to the outside so that people can see what God is doing. You, you get the idea? So that my salvation is being worked out. So, when I go through these problems, tribulations, troubles, sufferings, and affliction, when they come my way, the idea is that the purpose is to help me more like Jesus. It literally is, you know, when we think of pressure, right? We've all heard this illustration, but, you know, a, a diamond starts out as coal, right? Coal is black and smelly and all those kinds of things. It's useful, but... You put that coal under pressure, under pressure, under pressure, under pressure, and it literally changes to become a diamond. And 
the, the idea is that as pressure is coming on our lives, it's working out. And so is that it is for your consolation, your comfort, and so that you can become more like Jesus. Keep reading what it says, which is effectual. In other words, it has a good purpose. In the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and your salvation. So twice, the Apostle Paul says, we are afflicted, we suffer, and we do this, why? So that you might be comforted and your salvation might become more meaningful. That you might, through the situations that God allows me... Remember up there we just read that comfort verse that had all the comforts in it? Says God says, I'm going to comfort you so that you will know how to comfort other people when they are in need of comfort. Remember that verse? We just read it. And so this is the purpose. God says, I, I, yes, I know. I know life's hard. And I know there's tribulation and there's trouble and there's suffering and there's affliction and there's all these things you have to deal with and life puts pressure on you and sometimes you begin to lose hope and it, and it just keeps piling on, keeps piling on. I know that, but God says, but I'm going to keep piling on my comfort. And as I work in you to make you more like Jesus, the impact is that other people are going to see Jesus in you. The impact is that your kids and your grandkids are going to say, Wow, I don't know what it is that Grandpa has, but I want that. And they're going to follow after it. Do you see how this works? So yeah, there's that, that by the way, by itself is a great comfort. But uh, he says, you know, we've got all these things that are, that are um, upon us. Go down to verse 8. He says, uh, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, but that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. He says, listen, I know. I know that this affliction is difficult. Apostle Paul says, here's where we've been. We've been pressed out of measure, above our strength. Now, have you ever gotten to this place where, God, there's so much on me right now that I can't deal with it. It's above my strength. It, it, it's, it's more than I can take. And God says, let me come in. Because when I step in and comfort you, then you can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth you. And God takes that circumstance and changes it around. The Apostle Paul says, listen, we're right with you on this suffering thing. We know what you've been going through. We understand. Jesus understands what you've been going through. But God has a purpose. Don't despair that God has a plan. He's trying to accomplish some things in us and through us. Verse 9 says, But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. In other words, we'd, give, we'd given up. We'd reached a place where we're like, we're done. We're, 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 let's, let's just go ahead and die. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. He says, you know, we literally got to the place where we're like, God, just go ahead and take us. And God says, I don't need to take you. I'm the God who raises people from the dead. You're ready to die? Let me show you what to live for. And God steps in. When we quit trusting in ourselves and trust in Him, the God of all comfort steps in and empowers us and strengthens us to go above our strength, beyond our measure, and accomplish what He is trying to accomplish in our lives. This is how God wants to comfort us. He steps in says, John, let me step in. The shadows will still be there. But you won't care anymore. Because there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. And nothing's going to come in and steal that peace that passes all understanding. Nothing's going to come in and take this away from you. All you need to do is let me be close to you. That comfort of God's presence, that comfort of what God has to offer. He says, I know you're suffering, but let me, let me help you out here. Look at verse 10. Who says... Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. Now I want you to catch this. It says, who delivereth us, doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Three things that he's saying about deliver. He has done so in the past. He is doing so in the present. And he will do so in the future. Do you see that? He hath delivered, he doth deliver, and will yet deliver us. Say, oh, you don't know the problems that I'm going in, Pastor John. I don't. You're right. But here's the God of all comfort. He has delivered you in the past. 
He is in the process of delivering you even right now as we speak. And you can be certain that He's going to deliver you in the future. That's the God of all comfort. When we learn to trust that God, all of a sudden the shadows mean less. The noise means less. God's presence has come in. We remember how He's delivered us in the past. We can see what He's doing right now to try to give us that hope to deliver us right now. And, you know, and delivering is coming. It is. Even if you're in the situation of my in-laws. Delivery is coming. Whether it's the Lord coming back or whether it's them going on to be with Jesus, delivery is coming one way or another, right? It is. We don't know the timing of it, and that's the unknown that we have to deal with, that Mel and I have to deal with. The good news is, Mel's mom and dad don't really have to deal with it much. I mean, they're aware, but they're not always extremely aware, you know? And so, it's, it's fine. It really is. It's fine. All we have to do is re- figure out how we're going to trust God to get us through where we are at this moment, right? That's where, what we've got to do. I don't know what you're going through. I'm just telling you what I'm going through. I don't know the things that you're going through. But I can tell you this. There's a God who delivered you before. He's in the process of delivering you now. And He is going to deliver you in the future. And you can bank on it. It is certain. We've got to quit trusting ourselves and trust God. That's the God of all comfort. He goes on, verse 11, and he finishes it by pointing us back to the earlier verse. Remember the earlier verse was, I'm doing this so that I can comfort you so that you can comfort someone else. Now in verse 11 he says, Ye also helping us together by prayer for us, that the gift bestowed upon us by means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on our behalf. He says, listen, God is allowing you to go through some difficulties, some afflictions, some piling on of, of, of problems and circumstances. God is allowing those troubles, those tri- tribulations to come in so that He can make you more like Jesus, but beyond that, so that many, many other people can be impacted by what God is doing in your life and in my life. That's the God of all comfort. When we get to this place like, You know how we do that? Together by prayer for us. That's what he wants us to do. He says what we need to do is quit whining, griping, and complaining, fall on our face in prayer, and find in the presence of God the comfort that we so desperately need. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. Pastor John, I'm in need of some comfort today, Pastor. Life has been piling on in such a way that I am, I am in despair, that I'm about to give up. Anguish is settling in. Pastor, I don't see an end in sight. Pastor, I, I just, you know, it, it's just been difficult. Tribulations, troubles, sufferings, affliction. Pastor, that's where my life is. Would you pray for me? that I can find comfort from the God who so desperately wants to comfort me. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Two, three. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Father, these four or five that raise their hand, God, I pray that you just be with them specially. God, just show yourself strong. Give them uh, your peace and comfort. God, just step into our lives in a in a new way and Help us to no longer trust ourselves, but to trust in you. Uh, Be with each one, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together, channels only. appreciate your kind attention. We have somebody who would like to join the church deacon, so if we could meet them in the library, that would be uh, fantastic. If you're visiting with us today, if you'd do us a favor, walk slow. All right, Give us a chance to uh, catch you and say hello and introduce ourselves and 
And uh, so if you see someone who you're not sure that you know, just assume they're a visitor and go introduce yourself. And if they're not a visitor, then you'll just meet somebody new anyway. It doesn't really matter, right? Lord bless you, keep you, make your face shine upon you, give you peace. God bless you, you are dismissed.